Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of Talking Schmodown. I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, uh, owner here of Merc with the Movie Blog, and uh, this is episode number fifty-five, and it is a big one. It has one of the most anticipated matches that I have ever been, uh, that I have ever seen, that I've ever watched, that I've ever had come across this sphere, and that is Chris Jericho versus Kevin Smith, and uh, I am so excited to talk about that. But first. A lot of other things to chat about before we get there. Uh, so before we get even to, into any of the actual matches, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what happened on uh, this past week's episode of the, the Schmodown preview show. I don't think they've actually given it a name yet. Uh, the one with Jen Sturger and Brad Gilmore. I will forever call it Boats and Schmoes because that is what it should be called. Hashtag it, people. Hashtag Boats and Schmoes because that is what it should be. Uh, it was revealed that who's the boss will not be in the team's tournament. So logically, you would think that it would be the founding fathers. However, Gucci kind of makes it unclear whether or not that's what the case will be. Uh, I don't know if he's just kind of playing around, you know, making us kind of sweat a little bit about it. But uh, it, it got me thinking. What if Founding Fathers is going to split? What if who's the boss is going to split? You know, there's a lot of stuff up in the air, especially with next year's draft being uh, that, you know, managers can only keep three players. You know, so one of these two teams is at least one of these two teams is going to be split no matter what. Uh, and so first it got me wondering, you know, do you, would he really just not put the Founding Fathers in? I guess it really depends on if. They want to play, and it seems like they do. Uh, whether or not they actually do, that's another story, but it seems like they do. But then I was thinking, well, let's say who's the boss and founding fathers are just are, are not going to be a part of this. Obviously, who's the boss is not. Who else on the Finstock Exchange would be a good combo, I thought. And I was looking over the, over the list, and I was like, you know what? I would love to see the team up of the Barbarian and Sabrina Ramirez. I think that would be a really cool team uh, to have uh, out there if if uh, the Founding Fathers is not you know, going to wind up being in this tournament. I think give them a shot. I think it would be really interesting, uh, an interesting team. And it would give Sabrina kind of a little bit of redemption, hopefully, you know, for what happened in her singles match. I don't know. Let me know. Uh, what do you guys think? Who would you want to see if not for uh, the two main teams on the on the FinSack Exchange, who would you like to see be in this team's tournament? Hit me up on uh, on Twitter right there. Or if you're watching live, comment uh, you know in the in the live stream comments here uh, and I'll put you I'll put it right up here on the screen. I think it'll be cool. Uh yeah, because I mean I was looking over it. I was like, well maybe someone like a Grey Drake, but I think Barbarian would definitely be next on that list. Cause I guess I guess I've, I've, there are rumors out there that it's going to be the Barbarian and Ben Bateman, meaning that who's the boss is definitely going to be split up. Uh, whether that actually is true, I don't know. Now, that would be a good team, absolutely. But if they're not looking to uh, mix and match like that, I think Sabrina uh, deserves a shot uh, at a redemption here. And I think teaming her up with the Barbarian would be a, a, a really good move there. So. That's just my opinion. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys think uh, about all this. All right. So 
that's really all I have. The only, the only other thing uh, that I had in my notes from, from that episode was uh, Coy's sheer enthusiasm for Kevin Smith is infectious. And it really is. He he's was just so thrilled to have uh, Kevin on his team and have him coming in. Uh, so I, I'm pretty, pretty pumped for it. Uh, Roca and Sabrina. Yeah, that would be a damn good uh, uh, pairing there, uh, Jay. I think that would be a fantastic pairing as well. And again, it would give Sabrina that uh, that redemption that, that I really think she deserves. I don't know. All right. So we're going to get into our first match. And that is Mark Andrako versus Matt Adgedy. The Android versus the Kahuna. Now, when I was going into this game, I I was kind of worried, you know, does actually has he learned the game yet? Because he's one of those people who I've talked about on the show multiple times. There's a handful of competitors who just didn't seem to understand the game. Now, a few of them, as we saw last week with uh, Alonzo Duralde and Jim David, it seems like they're learning the game a bit more. So I, I was like, I was wondering if Matt was going to have a hold of the game and i'll be honest i don't think he's quite there yet you know he's got knowledge he's definitely got knowledge but i still think he's a little bit lacking on uh, some of the actual uh, gameplay you know so and, and that can hurt you it really it really can you know it seems like he has pulled back on his over-the-top character work which i mean i love character work and we'll talk about a lot of character work when it comes to that guy bateman match but it seems like he's pulled back on that because he's had issues before uh, where uh, his character work has gotten in the way of, of his of his, ma- of his gameplay. All right. So uh, we get into round one. Mark and Matt doing silly hand motions at each other. It was, it was, it was hilarious. These two really, uh, they, they were, they were really on the same wavelength when it came to uh, kind of messing with each other. And I really enjoyed seeing that. That's always it's always fun for me. Uh, and again, like I said, actually showing he's still not quite there with with the game rules. Uh, he waited till after the count to ask for a repeat. You know, it's not the first time he's done that. And I just, I really, these guys, they need to pay. He says, that, you know, that there might have been a lag or something like that. He thought, I just don't, I, I don't think that that's the case. I really, I really doubt it. Mainly because we've seen it happen before. You know, uh, unfortunately for him, we have seen it happen before. And uh, it, there's not a lot you can do when when you haven't quite learned the game. You know, uh, as a fan, there's not a lot you can do but just sit back and uh, hope that that, uh, that changes down the line. Uh, we, got, uh, we get through this round, and Draco gets a perfect round, easily scoops up that bonus. Uh, but he did use two JTEs during this round. That's that's a lot. Uh, you know, you, you don't really want to be left with just one. Uh, that's a dangerous place to be. But the fact that it got him that perfect round, you know, it it's kind of a, you know, six one, half dozen of another. You know what I mean? It, it could be a negative down the line, but at the moment, it looks like a positive. So. Uh, Matt had a real rough first round, uh, ends nine to five. You know, he's down by four points here. I mean, he missed three questions and that can really hurt you. Uh, and, and he may have gotten that Brendan Fraser question 
if he had gotten to that repeat in time. You know, I really think that he probably would have. But you got to be on top of the time. You got to be paying attention at all times to what is going on uh, around you. So we get into round number two, uh, and Mark spins fantasy sci-fi. Didn't seem like he was too interested in that. Respins and lands on Spinner's Choice and picks 80s movies. And he seemed pretty confident in that. Unfortunately for him, didn't quite work out as well as he hoped. Uh, he only got three out of eight points. Uh, went to multiple choice a couple of times. Gave up. Luckily for him, he only gave up one point in steals, even though he missed two questions. That could have been a lot, uh, a lot worse for him. And he used his last JTE here. So he's going to go into round three with no JTEs, which is a dangerous place to be. Uh, luckily, he, he technically, at this point, he's technically ahead. But Matt does have you know, his round still. So theoretically, he could have pulled ahead here. You know, Unfortunately for Matt, that did not happen. Uh, he spun directors, and again, he seemed confident, kept it. Not honestly sure why. <laughs> Maybe he really thought he'd be good in this, but in this instance, he was not just like uh, Mark. Three out of uh, eight points. Well, steals there. I think he one point. One point in steals, just like just like uh, Mark did. And I mean, I know that these guys have a lot of knowledge. I mean, Mark and Draco has been a champion, you know. So to see these kind of mistakes happen, especially with Mark after having a perfect first round. Seeing him have such a horrendous second round really kind of hurts, you know. Uh, so we come out around two, it's 13 to nine in favor of Mark. He retains that four point lead, but it's just that that round was was hard to watch. So we get into round number three, and Matt misses his two, and I am yelling, save the last dance at my screen. I'm like, I've seen that movie a ton of times. And I'm literally just screaming it at my screen. <laughs> uh, and he, he just doesn't he just doesn't get it. You know, it is what it is, I suppose. But uh, and then he could not pull his three. So it comes down to his five point question, which would give him a lead. Not by much, though, but it would prevent TKO. Uh, and he he nails it. You know, he gets that five, prevents that TKO, takes the lead for the first time in the game. And Mark and Draco only needs to hit one question. And he does right off the bat with his two-pointer for the win. Uh, in a somewhat low-scoring game of four, 15 to 14 in favor of Mark and Draco. Giving three points to the Rockstar since this is a tournament. Uh, the uh, points are three. I, uh, I, I, As I did my notes originally, I had them all marked down as two. And then I think in the last one in the Chance Ellison match, he mentions it as three points. I'm like... What the fuck is he talking about? And then I had to go back and think. I was like, oh, fuck. He did say that the tournaments would all be three points uh, for each game. And then four for a TK or a KO. And I was like, oh, shit. So I, have to, I had to make sure I went back in. Change, like I had to go in and double check the the faction standings and see if those points lined up and everything. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. Because uh, I totally forgot. Because there are other matches that happen later on. That's only worth two points, you know. So, it is what it is. All right, this was—I mean, this was a tough game for Matt. It really was. You know, I, I just—I know he's good. 
and it seemed like he was starting to have a little bit more grasp on the game, but he's just not quite there yet. Uh, I hope he doesn't, you know, throw in the towel on it. I hope he does come back, continue to uh, up his game, and make a, a real run at this thing next year. All right, so we are moving on to our second match of the night, and that is Tim the Tank Franco versus Tom. That's right. The the strange being known as Tom. Uh, whatever. Let me know what you guys think Tom stands for. I was thinking like the other monster. It's probably kind of lame, but you know, come up with something creative. Send it in the comments. I'd love to see what you guys think the letters T-O-M actually should stand for <laughs> when it comes to him. All right. So now going in this match, I heard several people saying that this was the most anticipated match of the of the bracket of round one of the tournament. And I'm like, really? This one? I mean, okay. Uh, like, I like Tom, and I like Tim Franco. Uh, you know, they're fine. But uh, most anticipated? I don't, I just, I don't know about that, man. Yeah, I mean, yes, Tom is pretty amazing, but uh, I still don't think most anticipated was quite where I was thinking uh, for for a match like this. There are definitely some other matches that I'm anticipating quite a, quite a bit, but uh, I mean, I was definitely looking forward to this match. But again, most anticipated. I think that was kind of overblown a little bit. I think as a lot of people, um, kind of a lot of people who I saw saying it were saying Tim Franco was like the man right there, you know? As like I like Tim Franco and he's done really really well in this in this game. But I mean, come on. He's not an elite player yet. We'll see as time goes on. So, as we get into it, Grace uh you know, she's there with with uh Kate, you know, cuz she's the manager and everything and and she calls the quirky mercs the quirky merkins. Uh, and I thought that was just whole, I just died when I heard that. It was hilarious. Koi said, you know, the, hey man, that's our after dark show. And I guess if you don't know what a Merkin is, go look it up for yourself because I'm not going to explain it to you. But it was damn funny. I, I laughed quite a bit during that. Uh, and then I wasn't sure how well Tom's gimmick would work digitally. You know, it, it's such an odd, it's such an odd gimmick. And Having something like that done digitally, it doesn't, you'd think it wouldn't quite have the same resonance, but I gotta say, man, he did a phenomenal job with his character work here. It was, it was impressive. Uh, and I was, I was, be honest, I was kind of worried that like Christian and Ellis would get pissed off with him for some of the, you know, the, the, the stuff that he was doing. I, I don't know, because uh, you've seen them kind of get fed up with, with players at times doing certain things. But, dude, he did some great stuff, and I'm glad that they didn't shut it down. All right, so we're getting round one. And really the only th issue that I had with round one was, uh, I believe it was question four, if I'm not mistaken, either three or four, uh, where Harloff's, uh, it's the whole um, Frankenstein question. You know, Harloff says, uh, 
I don't know what he is. I thought he might be the answer to this question. It's a very leading response. And I don't think it should have been said. Uh, I'm going to play a little clip of it. Right. What classic monster movie originated the line, it's alive, it's alive? I know Tim is alive. I'm not sure what Tom is. Mm, I, I thought he might be the answer to this question. Uh, have a five, four, three. All right. So, again, if if you if you watch his character work, Christian saying, I thought he might have been the answer to this question is very leading because of the whole Frankenstein thing and the whole kind of he is the monster that was created, you know, by video drew. Um, and so I, I, I was not a fan of him saying this. Uh, I don't know how anybody else felt out there, but I, I thought that this is one of those instances where uh, the commentators kind of overstep in, in their commentary and could have led people to an answer an unnecessary lead in. And I really don't, I really don't like that. Yeah, yeah, like you're, you said, Jay, they do great at filling dead air. But yeah, they definitely need to be more aware of this stuff because it's not the first time that it's happened. You know, uh, it's definitely not the first time that it's happened. And I just, it, it's going to cost somebody a match one of these days. And if very, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't want to get on too big of a tirade about this. But it's it could easily cost somebody a match somewhere down the road. It it really could. All right, so we end round one tied six to six, and we get into round two. Tim defers, and Tom spins James Bond and respins and lands on Julia Roberts. Does actually pretty damn well here. Gets six out of eight points. Luckily, uh, the one miss that he did have, which would have been a two point steal. Uh, was not stolen. Tim was not able to uh, capitalize on that. Um, and I guess that they're not going to... Okay, so there was a recent episode, a recent match where Christian, I don't know what I don't know what was going on. I don't know if he was having a bad day, but he said he was like, you got to be looking in the camera at all times. I think it was I think it was the last chance Ellison match that we saw because. Uh, he had glasses on, sunglasses, and they didn't say anything about it, but he, he made this comment. And as I'm watching this match, I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, I guess they're not going to be sticklers for that uh, because, I mean, Tom had his face covered for most of the match with his hood. So obviously they didn't care that much. I, again, I don't know what the heck was going on with, uh, with Christian that day. I don't, I don't know if he was having a bad day or whatever. But uh, e- either way, man, it's... Yeah. You got to watch what you say. Like we said before, you know, you got to be aware of the things that you're saying. And if you're going to sit there and say, you got to have, you know, your eyes at the camera, then that's got to be the thing. You know what I mean? Don't just say it because you're being pissy about something. Say it and mean it and stick to it. Otherwise, don't say it. I don't care if you're upset about something. Just don't say it. All right. So... Tim spins historical epics and dramas. This is a new category. And I got to say, I would have spun away from it too. It's not anywhere near my wheelhouse. He respins, uh, goes spinner's choice. And of course, 
Uh, he's he's in a, a similar vein to Mike and is super good at James Bond movies. He's even in uh, the exhibition match for it. And he picks James Bond and he flies through all the questions, only has to go to multiple choice once, gets seven out of eight, and takes the lead here 13 to 12. So right now, Tim Franco is in the lead going in. And that's usually where you want to be. But this proves that just because you're in the lead doesn't mean you're going to win. So getting around three, Tom hits both his two and three. Tim misses his two, but hits his three. So right there, Tim is already down. Tom is back in the lead because of this. It comes down to the fives. And Tim Franco misses his five-pointer, giving Tom the win. 17 to 16. Three big points for the Den, pushing them farther up the uh, uh, faction standings. Tom's character work, man, fantastic. So fucking good. I was worried that it might get in the way, but he has proven time and time again that he can do amazing character work and still stay on fucking point when it comes to answering these questions. It's killer, and I can't wait to see what he does next. It's going to be it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited for it. All right, so our third match this one was something else, man. We got Mike the Killer Kalinowski versus Scary Perry Nemiroff. Oh, man. Okay, so I love Perry, and I miss her. I was so happy that she was in this tournament. However, I'm going to be honest, I didn't think she had a shot at beating Mike, really. You know, she barely plays. She's done a couple of exhibition matches. Like, really, she's only had, a, in general, a couple of matches in the last couple of years. Whereas Mike's been, you know, he's been hitting the grindstone with this game. You know, he's been going, and he was on a high. You know, he just won the, the team's uh, titles. He flew through that inner geekdom tournament. You know, he's doing extremely well here. So I was like, this is Mike's game to lose. And it sure as shit was Mike's game to lose. That, that oh man, I really, I really thought he was gonna, he was gonna take this. I thought that he had this in the bag. But it's not always the case, as we'll see in this match. We get into round one, rough round for Perry. And right here, seven to four coming out of round one in favor of Mike. Perry has missed half of her questions, down by three. And I'm like, oh man, see, I was like, I love Perry, but she's there's no way, there's no way she's coming back from this. This is this is she's toast, you know. Mike's gonna clean up in round two. Finish it off in round three and be and be golden and move on around and move on to the second round of the tournament. Well, we get into round two, and Mike spins Pixar. Doesn't like that. Uh, I don't know if he's just not an animated film fan. I know that Pixar is like a strength of Perry's, like Disney, the, the animated stuff from Disney and whatnot. And so I don't know if he was just trying to avoid that or if uh, it's just not a big strength, but. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, what is Jay's? Honestly, shocked she didn't win that. I had that pegged as uh, upset match of the year. Yeah, I, I definitely think it will be upset match of the year. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it's insane. Just because Perry just taking it home, man. Getting getting crazy over here. It's just is wild. Uh, so, like I said, Mike gets he he respins and lands on new releases. And 
doesn't do great. He only gets half his points, four out of eight. You know, goes to multiple choice three separate times, misses one, and Perry actually even gets a steal here because Perry, new releases is one of her big strengths, really is. You know, she is she is a reviewer. You know, she's a film pundit. She's always seeing what's coming new, and so it wasn't shocking that she was able to get this. Uh, you know, he has a six point lead coming out of this part of the round, but. As we see going in, that doesn't, that, you know, she can easily catch up to that. And she does, you know, she, Perry spins monster movies and, and she wasn't feeling it, which I was a little shocked at, to be honest with you, because she's the horror queen, you know, and monster movies. I really thought that would be something. No, I know not all monster movies are horror because as we see in some of these questions, you get like a Pacific Rim question, you know, this, this, that, the other, but I really thought that that would be, and maybe that's why she didn't. Maybe because she was like, well, it's not going to be all horror. It might not, might not be in my wheelhouse, but you know, she, she had to do it anyways. Cause on her respin, she lands on it again, but she answered all four of her questions. She did have to go to multiple choice a couple of times, but she got six points and being down three in round one and coming out of round two, completely tied. That's huge. You know, that proves that, and they, and I believe uh, Shannon says it at some point, or so, somebody during this game, during these, one of these games says that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. Round one doesn't matter anymore. As we've seen, round one just doesn't matter anymore. You know, you may be behind, but you could easily come back and win it. And that, and this is really, this is the biggest spot that we see that, you know, she, she's down by so much coming back up, tying it and then going into round three like that on even ground with Mike. That's huge. That's so huge. And I think it rattled Mike a bit, you know, I think because he gets in his head when stuff like this happens and he doubts himself. And so I, I really think that he was, he thought, okay, he had that three point lead going in. He thought that he was really going to, take it home here and he just kind of crapped the bed in round two and he just fucking shit the bed there, you know, and, and kind of, I wouldn't say gave up, but you could see that he was deflated going into round three. And even Shannon saw this, you know, she said, you know, she, she told him she had, he had to get out of his own head and, and, and stop doubting himself, you know, and, and cause you could see it. You could literally see it on his face. That that's what was happening. Uh, so Mike goes in, he hits his two, but he misses his three. Uh, and so it's moved over to Perry and Perry gets both her two and her three comes down to Mike trying to get his five. And unfortunately for Mike, he could not pull it. And this, I am saying it right now, upset of the year. There have been a lot of upsets this season, a whole lot of upsets. Chance Ellison over Robert Parker, uh, Andres Cabrera over, uh, both, uh, Kelly, uh, uh, Laura Kelly and, uh, Andrew DiMolanta. But this right here, I think this is the true upset of the year. I don't know many people who really thought that Perry had a shot here, but you know what? She proved that she has what it takes to, to, to do something here. Um, uh, and when we go over the bracket, you'll see that I think she actually has a shot of making it into round three, maybe even round four into the final four. I, 
if she pulls that off, man, whew, that'd be some fantastic shit right there, I got to say. Uh, so Perry, bracket buster over here. A uh, huge win, 16 to 13, giving three points to the quirky Mercs. What a return. Uh, I'd say if she can if she can make her way through this tournament for a couple of rounds, I think she's got a, a definite a definite uh, run. She's a definite contender for a comeback player of the year. You know what I mean? You know, doing something like this, especially if she can do well. Yeah, I think so. And uh you know, Mike takes these losses really hard. I really hope that this doesn't affect his uh, team's play because you know that it's going to – I mean, I, I don't see it being anybody other than him and Chance in the team's tournament. And uh, – oh, no, they're not in the team's tournament because they, they won the title. So when they have their next uh, team's title match, um, I don't see it being I, – I, I need him to be on his game is what I'm trying to say here. I'm getting a little getting a little flubbered here, but I need him to be on his game. I really hope that this doesn't bog him down uh, because of that. You know, we'll we'll see though. You know, anything can happen uh, in, in this kind of stuff, as we see with Ben Bateman. Ben Bateman had a massive loss, but comes back didn't affect him in singles play. So, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. So, at this point in the game, I am going to take a quick ad break. Let you check out all the shows that we have right here at Merc with a Movie Blog. So uh, stick around, and I'll be right back. Hey, everybody. I'm Sean. You guys might know me on this feed from co-hosting Beyond the Screen. But now here at Merc with a Movie Blog, we have started a brand new show exclusively for video games called Game Over Screen. So, join me every week with my co-hosts. Hey, how's it going? My name's Brendan. And I'm Tyler. As we talk about everything video game related, and when we, I guess, get to the game over screen. I don't know, I don't have a good pun for that, but the joke is that we're going to die a lot in the game. <laughs> well, you might. Hey, Jay Wade here to tell you about SCN Afterlife, our SCN Live After Show, where we talk about... Well, whatever Christian, Brett, and the rest of the crew talk about, the insanity that ensues. So join us each week here on Merc with the Movie Blog feed on your podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube now on the SEN After Live channel. Talk to you then. everybody, Sean and Wade here to tell you about our new review show following each episode of Disney Plus's The Mandalorian. Dude, yes, Boba Fett! Not exactly, Wade. Set in the Star Wars universe, The Mandalorian takes place five years after Return of the Jedi and follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. Yeah, Boba Fett. Did you even watch Return of the Jedi? Never mind. Join us here every week on the Merc with the Movie blog feed. <laughs> Thank God Kaylin will be here too. I don't think I can handle Wade on my own. Hi everyone, this is Sarah, host of Go Get That Rose podcast, a podcast that is dedicated to talking about all things Bachelor Nation. Join Jay Wade, a man in his 40s who is recently new to all things Bachelor Nation, and myself, someone who has been watching passionately for the past three years, as we review, share our thoughts on each episode of whatever show is currently on TV, whether that is Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise. We might not even know everyone's names, but we have fun nonetheless. You can find us on Merkwood and Movie Blog Feed wherever you listen to podcasts. 
I solemnly swear that I am up to no good. Hey guys, it's Sean. I wanted to tell you guys about the new show I'm hosting, the Harry Potter Review Show. Every other week, I'm joined by some combination of Kaylin, Sarah, and one guest that has never read the books. We discuss one movie per episode and break down what we love about them, what we don't love about them, and the differences from the books to the movies. It's a ton of fun, and I hope you guys will tune in to check it out. Until then, mischief managed. And welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. Be sure to check out all those shows right over on anchor.fm slash movie blog Merc. Lots of great stuff there and more to come. All right. So we're going to get into our next match. And that is the Cobra Chance Ellison versus Diamond David Del Rio. Uh, David Del Rio making his return into the Schmodown. Uh, I, I got to say, I thought that uh, before this match, I was like, Chance is on a roll here. Uh, Del Rio, not being in it all that much, probably going to have some ring rust. But I got to say, after seeing that Perry-Mike match, I was unsure. I didn't want to underestimate anybody. I was like, oh, man, this could be another upset. You, you, who knows? It really could. But uh, we'll we'll see how that, how that all went down. <laughs> We get into round one, and uh, Del Rio misses his first question. But he manages to get you know all the rest. He picks himself back up, gets the rest of his questions. Uh, however, didn't necessarily matter since Chance got a perfect round here with the bonus. Uh, yet again, he's been he's done this quite a few times. You know, Chance is uh, he's he's a damn good player. You know, he has been showing up. And I got to say, I will never underestimate Chance Ellison again. You know, I, I did, especially in that Inner Geekdom tournament, those first couple of rounds. I just, I, I have to admit, I didn't think he was going to do it. But he did. Never again will I underestimate this kid. You know, he, he, he's got it. So we, uh, we leave round one, nine to seven. Every single point matters. And I've said this so many times. If Del Rio gets that question, that very first question, then he has the opportunity to get the the bonus. You know, so missing one question can put you behind by a few points. And and that's not where you want to be. So like I've always said, every single point matters, even if you don't think it does. It really does. We get into round two, Chance spins inner geekdom. And, of course, he keeps it. Uh, Now... I had, there was a little issue that I had here with, with this one. Uh, it lands online. Okay. Christian says that, uh, when that happens, the rule is that you go to the right. Now I have never heard this rule before. Maybe I missed it somewhere. So if you guys have heard this rule, if you know of this, let me know, give me a play, like a match that this happened in because I I do not remember this ever being a rule. Now, what I do remember are multiple matches where this has happened, where it has landed on the line, and they have spun it again. That that is that was the precedent that I was aware of, that I was under the assumption would be the case here uh, when this happened. But giving saying that the rule is that it goes to the right, and it just happened to be the inner geekdom slice. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of that. I really, really wasn't. 
Um, but I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, if, if one of you out there knows where this rule, well, the precedent for this rule has been set, let me know. Otherwise, this is another one of those cases where it's a rule that is set behind the scenes that us fans have no idea about until it comes up like this. You know what I mean? And that's because there's no rule book. And we, I have talked about this so many fucking times that it's reasons like this, that we need a rule book that we or at least just something, you know, here are the rules. They may expand. They may be subject to change, but they will be updated as that happens. But just something so that we can see, okay, oh, 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 so we're on live.com. Okay, here are the rules. Oh, okay, here's the rule about if it's on the line. Okay, maybe it was different before, but they changed it. All right, but at least it's there, and I would have be would have been able to see it. But there's nothing. It's it's nowhere. The rules are nowhere, and that is a big problem that I've always had. And I know that uh, uh, I know that my buddy Jay Wade, right here. Oh yeah, preaching it to you, baby. Uh, he knows what I'm talking about because he's done it. He's gone off about this so many times too, especially recently, uh, because it leads to rules inconsistency, and it's just it's such a problem. And when you have big matches like a Kevin Smith and a Chris Jericho, you're going to bring in people who have no idea who the Schmoes are, who Christian is, who Harloff is, or who uh, Ellis is, who John Roca is, who. Uh, Dan Merle is who any of these people are like they, they have no clue who these people are. All they know is, Oh shit, I'm a wrestling fan. That's Chris Jericho. I want to see what the fuck is up here or fuck. I've seen all of Kevin Smith's movies. I want to see what he's doing over on this thing. Movie trivia seems kind of neat. Let's check it out. And then they start watching it and rules aren't being followed. Like the way that, and it can cost people matches. And it's just, I just, I feel like it's not, it's going to be problematic for people like that. They're not going to give you the leeway because they don't know who you are. They're just going to be like, ah, this is, this is shit. And they're just going to take off, you know? And that's just the way it is, you know? Unfortunately, you know, that's, that's the way it is. If you don't want to fix that, that's not, that, that's your, that's your call. It's your, it's your league, Harloff. It's not mine. I'm not going to start one. But if you want to, grow you know what you need to do to grow and like you i know you know what you got to do but anyways i've gone on with that so many fucking times it's ridiculous i'll probably wind up talking about it every goddamn show because of shit that happens it's just the way it is uh so like i said chance spins inner geekdom and sticks with it which of course he sticks with it why wouldn't you you know what i mean he just fucking won the inner geekdom tournament why would he not stick with the inner geekdom slice that's that's his bread and butter right there uh or so you'd think it's his bread and butter as he doesn't do as good as uh expected here only gets five out of eight points uh has to go to multiple choice twice and misses one of those giving up a one point steal to del rio so uh, i mean Maybe not quite where you need to be when it comes to that, but uh, we'll save that for another day. So David Del Rio goes and he spins and lands on drama and stays. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I know he's an actor and all this stuff, but 
I was a little shocked. You don't see that often. People don't tend to stick with dramas just because of how broad of a category drama is. It's one of the broadest categories that there is just because of the sheer number of films that are categorized as a drama. Uh, but he does fairly well. He does six out of eight points here. Uh, he does miss one on multiple choice, but Chance was not able to steal it, so he didn't. Uh, it, it it didn't cause a, a gap because of that. And because of this, Del Rio manages to tie it up. So, like I said in the previous match, it, round one doesn't matter. It really it doesn't seem to matter much anymore uh, in, in some of these in some of these games because you get into round two, you may be behind, but you get into round two and bam, now all of a sudden you're tied. You know, so it is, you know, what it is, as I seem to like to say a lot, <laughs> because there's nothing else that you could really say about it. You know, it's, it's unfortunately for some players, they just, they just don't get good spins or they just fall a little bit outside of their wheelhouse. Even if it's something that they should be great at, you know, they, they just fall a little, little bit outside of that right there. And, and, Right now, it seems if you're if you're watching this match and you already watched that Mike Perry match, it seems to be going the same route. You know, you had the underdog player who was behind in round one comes up and ties it in round two, which is exactly what happened with Mike and Perry, and we all saw what happened there. You know, Perry pulled ahead and wound up winning. So at this point in the game, I'm like, oh shit, maybe we're going to see another upset here. I mean. Fuck, you never know. It could it could easily happen. But uh, we get in round three. Both Chance and Del Rio hit their twos and their threes, but are not able to get their fives, sending it in to sudden death. So already it's a little different than that Mike Perry match, but hey, sudden death means it could swing either way. You just never know. We get into sudden death. We go two rounds in, and Chance pulls out the win. Del Rio not able to answer the second question. And Chance gets three big points for corruption, winning 21 to 20. So he did not fall to the wayside the way Mike unfortunately did. He was able to stick it out and move on to round two. Del Rio did really well, I thought. You know, like I said, he got he only missed one question in round one. He only missed one question in round two. He did pick up a steal from Chance, uh, and so then he and then he missed. He only missed his five, so he actually did really well, you know. And so I really think he's got a place here. I really do. Whether he has the time, uh, or whether he's got the determination to really make this a, a thing, we'll see. But I, I would totally be down for seeing him come back do some more matches next year. And uh, after the match ended, uh, Chance uh, said something here. I pulled out a, a video clip of this. Um, he made a claim that he was the first to win a match in three divisions in the same season. Check out this clip. Did what I was going to do. I got Patrol. I'm going to round two, and I'm happy to be the first player to win a match in three divisions in the same season. It's wrong. <laughs> Whether he knows that or not, if he does, if he does know that it's wrong, then it was a bold-faced lie. Uh, otherwise, he just uh, is apparently unaware of something that was talked about for the first fucking half of the season, and that is Ben Goddard 
has already done this. Ben Goddard won a singles match in February, went on to win teams matches in both March and May, and then won an inner geekdom match in June. He was undefeated in three divisions at that point. You know, he had had four matches. He had won all four matches in those three divisions. So, I again, I don't know if Chance just didn't realize that Ben had done it first or if he didn't care and was trying to rewrite history. Either way, sorry, dude, you were wrong. You were second, not first. It was already done. Uh, yeah. And then the last thing about this, uh, this match, uh, I got to wonder, I've wondered this about in previous times is the heat between Roxy and Shannon real, you know, cause it's, they do a fucking su- superb job of making it seem like it's real. You know, uh, I just, <laughs> well, I, part of me hopes that it's not just because that would mean that they are that fucking good. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fantastic stuff. If it is it's some great character work and, uh, but if it is real, holy shit, that's some hot, hot heat. All right. So that wraps up all of the matches for the ultimate Schmodown singles tournament. Uh, before we get into the throwdown, I'm going to bring up the bracket here. We're going to kind of take a quick look at that. So we've got Lon Harris, Brendan Meyer, Mark Andrako, and Chance Ellison on the left side. Uh, who have made their way into round two. Uh, Brendan Meyer and Mark Andrako are one match that is actually set. The other two have yet to have their competitors. Uh, again, technically, Chance Ellison's competitor uh, has been set because they played uh, yesterday. Uh, between It was the match between Liz Shannon Miller and Rachel Silvestrini. So the winner of that, which I'm not going to spoil here, uh, the winner of that is, is going to be uh, facing off against Chance uh, and then on the right-hand side, we got Eric Zipper, Jader Paramo, Tom, and Perry Nemiroff. Tom and Jader are uh, matched up. And then uh, we've got Eric Zipper and Perry Nemiroff, who have yet to have their uh, opponents decided uh, as of yet. But they will at least uh, see Perry. Perry's will be later this week. Uh, and then we'll have a couple other people popping up and then uh the following week is when we'll get the last set of matches and we'll have a, a full set for round two that'll be we'll know exactly who will be in round two uh yeah after next week's matches uh go down all right so now it is time to get into the schmodown throwdown that is right and first up is Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, the rematch, Team Action Civil War Part 2. That is right. Uh, the crazy-ass debonair uh, of Andrew Guy over here spouting off about the Shmominati. Hashtag Shmominati. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I made this uh, little banner during my uh, uh, my watching Schmodown vid. And I decided I'm going to keep that shit because who the hell knows when that's going to pop up again. I'm going to use it. But yeah, the, the fucking Shmominati of Andrew Guy taking on Ben the Boss Bateman yet again. The uh, first time that they're meeting up since their uh, battle at Houston last year where Guy got destroyed by Ben. 
in more ways than one, <laughs> both in gameplay and in physicality, got destroyed. So leading up to this match, Guy had some of the absolute best character work I have ever seen. Like, it's fucking ridiculous how good this dude's character work has gotten. It's the kind of character work that, I'll be honest with you, needs to be like on his acting reel because of how good it's been. But the question is, has it been too much? Was it too much coming into this match that it distracted him from the game? It's possible. Uh, and there are some instances that I'll talk about where I think it, that may be the case. Uh, so, you know, we're leading into the match, uh, guys on screen, he's fucking talking to his tie. At first I was like, what the fuck is he holding? And I realized it was just his fucking tie, but uh, he's talked to his tie falling all, he's like tripping over the chairs and shit, falling all over the place, wearing fucking gym shorts. And it's like, Hey man, I've rocked gym shorts all the time, but you know, you're supposed to be debonair. You're a dude in a suit. What are you doing? You're crazy man now. Yeah, it was uh, it was something else to see, and uh, I gotta say, like I was saying, I really think he's going a little too far uh, inside the match, leading up to it, doing promos, things like that. That's fine. That's fantastic. And as you can see. He didn't want to let up. I like I don't I don't know what the deal was, but he obviously he was committed to this character. Super committed. And I think it was a detriment to him. I really, really do. Uh right before the match starts, uh guy holds up a sign uh, real quick. It was like and it says help me. I thought that was pretty damn funny. Or I think it just said help, but it was it was really funny. I, I really dug that. Uh and then we got into round one, and like I said. I think it interfered with his gameplay because uh, he does not do well here. Um, he only gets four points, but I got to say I've, I fucking burst out laughing uh, during that co comedy category. When a guy just had a burst of laughter, I had one too, just because uh, of what he did there. It was fucking ridiculous and I loved it. Uh, and I'll be honest, I kind of hope more people do shit like that, but it, it fit his character. But again, it was a real rough round for him. He he got four points. Ben got a perfect fucking round here. Now with the bonus nine to four, that's a deficit. Now I understand. I've been sitting here saying round one doesn't necessarily matter, but five fucking points, man, that's a lot. And with the way he was playing, I didn't think it was going to get much better. And honestly, it did not. Uh, we get into round two. Ben defers and guy spins Tim Burton and stays. Now, my question here. Was he actually confident or was he just playing the part? You know what I mean? Because he obviously didn't do good here. Now, I think he may have been able to do better without the character work. And I'll get into some of that stuff here in a moment. But maybe he should have just taken a different one that uh, might have been a little bit easier for him. I, I don't know. I, I just this whole match is so, so fucking screwy. It's 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 weird, man. Uh, so question two is one that I want to talk about guy doing like weird shit with his hands and whatnot. And he wasn't really paying attention. really wasn't paying attention to the question and he misheard 
the question and answered incorrectly. And he knew the answer. If he had been focused and listening, he would have gotten it. But he didn't. So he gave up uh, a two-point steal there. Then question three, again, uh, I don't think he was really paying attention all that much because Ellis says the name of the character in the question, and Guy was ready to challenge it because there were oh, there were two uh, characters like this in in the in the in the movie. Uh, one of them was an older guy. One of them was played by Jason Schwartzman. But they, he literally says the name, so like I don't know if Guy knew the name of that character, but he knew that one of them was Jason Schwartzman, and so I, I don't know. I think he could have he could have probably gotten uh, an educated guess with that and gotten another two points. But instead, he went multiple choice and wound up getting just the one. Then we get to the last question. Guy seemed pretty rattled after those previous two questions, and he just blurted out an answer instead of you know taking his time, thinking about it, and possibly going to multiple choice. And this resulted in another two-point steal here. Guy wound up with only three out of eight points, but he gave away four. The fact that Ben Bateman got more points in Guy's round than Guy got is ridiculous. You know, I, I don't, like, I, I love his character work, like I've said. But fuck, man, it, it screwed you. It really did. And I hope that you weren't just playing nonchalantly because of this. This was huge. This is a fucking number one contenders match, dude. I, I don't know. I don't know if it, part of me wonders if guy actually even wants to be in the Schmodown anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, he almost retired before and he's playing like this. I, part of me wonders if he just wants his career to tank so that he can just be done and go on and do, you know, the rest of his stuff, not even have to worry about it. I don't, I don't know. You'd think that you would rather just retire, um, you know, gracefully or on top or something, but I, I, I don't know, man. I have a hard time figuring this guy out. So he's down by six here with Ben still needing to go, you know, and that's ridiculous. Like, I'll be honest. If you watch my, my watch along, I kind of forgot that Ben still had to go. I was sitting here thinking, okay, he's down by six. You know, it's still possible. It's not as bad as you think. You know, he could theoretically still win in round three. Nope. <laughs> uh, so Ben spins Harrison Ford, and he's like, yeah, okay, I'll take it. And this fucking guy, he just cleans house, man. Uh, in the first question, or in the, the third question, Sam challenges Ben's answer, which was the uh, Anne Hesh, Anne Hesh thing he uh he challenges that it, you know it's never been mispronounced and hesh, it's always an hesh, uh, but they overturn it. Uh, but I'll be honest with you, I think Ben should have had to have written it down. He mispronounced it, and they've done it before, where if something is is mispronounced or like that, that they have to write it down to make sure to to prove that they actually know the answer. You know what I mean? Uh, and so. Part of me really believes that Ben should have had to have written this one down. I, I don't know. Uh, it, it's such a tough one because people mispronounce names all the time, you know, but that it comes back to rules. You know, what should the rule really be? Where should it, where should that precedent sit? 
with, with cases like this. And I think that we need to have a set rule so that we just know, okay, either pronunciations, as long as they're close, are fine, or they have to be pronounced right. And if they're not pronounced right, then they have to write it down. You know, something, just, just something for us fans to, to know so that when we're watching this, there's not all this deep-seated controversy that goes on inside a lot of these matches. Okay, so we get into the last question, and the, you know, it's ready for a, for a knockout here. And I realized that all Ben had to do was go to multiple choice. Yes, I, I do think Sam uh, was was correct in challenging in challenging that. I really do. Uh, I think he was spot on with it. And again, I think that Ben should have had to have written it down. I really do. Uh, but with that last question, all Ben had to do was kick to multiple choice. And that was an instant win because he could have gone to multiple choice and gotten it or, or missed it and had it stolen. And it wouldn't have fucking mattered. He would have won. So theoretically, Ben could have guaranteed himself the win by checking the multiple choice, even if he knew the answer, because it wouldn't have mattered. Obviously, he didn't hear. He uh, answers the question, gets the two points, and we get the fucking knockout here. It's fucking insane. Another, another knockout between like that's what happened at, at Houston. I think it was like nineteen to five or some insane shit like that. I think is what it was, which is the same spread here, twenty-one to seven. But I, part of me is a little shocked that he didn't take the guaranteed win. I mean, I guess you you know the answer. You want more points. It gets your stats up higher. But, you know, being that guy, he could have just been like, multiple choice. All right, I'm out. <laughs> or, you know, said some stupid. He'd be like, oh, the answer is, is guy lost this match. You know what I mean? Something like that. It, it would have kind of jabbed it to him, but I don't think he wanted to jab it to him. But it still would have been a little bit funny. Uh, on a side note about this last question, when I was rewatching this to take notes, uh, because I, I did the whole, this whole, uh, match or this whole event as a watch along. And so while I was doing the watch along, I wasn't taking notes. So I had to, I had to rewatch it so I could take, take closer notes here. Uh, my five-year-old was in the room. She was sitting, just sitting on the floor, playing with some toys. And they asked this question as she perks up and she says, Secret Life of Pets 2 before anybody else answered. <laughs> it was fun because all she heard was a, a dog named Rooster. And she knew exactly what it was. And she just she she was like, Secret Life of Pets 2. I was like, holy shit, kid. That was awesome. <laughs> it was it was like my favorite part of rewatching this whole thing. <laughs> but fuck man, what a game. Three more points for the Finstock Exchange. Especially after that last week's uh, throwdown, they had a rough throwdown last week. But you know, coming back, getting some points, you know, making sure that they don't fall too far behind in, in the rankings. I think this this was a, a damn good win for for the exchange. Ben had a perfect game here, one hundred percent of available points were gotten by Ben. He didn't go to multiple choice in round two. He got all. He got both of the steals. He got the bonus question, all eight the the normal questions in round one. Motherfucker got a perfect game, and according to uh, 
repeat the question, which is another podcast out there. They have a website and everything. Um, apparently, nobody has ever gotten a 100% perfect game. I was like, holy fuck. That's wild that, that Ben did this. And I'll be honest, I'm kind of sad that Guy didn't do better and take him into round three. Because I would have loved to have seen if if Ben could have gotten all three of his round three questions and had another, uh, like had an, a true perfect game. Like every question asked, 100% complete total on all of the questions asked. Dude, man, that would have been fucking stellar right there. Yeah, so uh, now uh, Ben... We'll go on to play Dan Merle for the title uh, in uh, this month in 10 days, I think. Or, yeah, on September 11th. It's going to be a good match, man. I- I'm excited for it. Uh, Guy says that uh, said that he thinks that Sam should trade or drop him. It, it's stuff like that that makes me wonder if Guy even wants to be in the Schmodown anymore. I understand that he maybe is a little defeated about his performance, but, dude, it's not the first time that he's threatened like retirement kind of stuff. So I just, I don't know if he's a hundred percent here anymore. And that's sad. You know, they, they Harlov asked Sam about, you know, the, whether or not guy and Ethan are still going to be a team. Probably not. You know, he's probably going to take Ethan and team him up with somebody else for the tag tournament. I mean, honestly, I think that's his best bet at this point. I just, Unless Guy can get can kind of pull himself out of this character a little bit uh, when he's inside the matches, I just I just don't think that it's going to go very well. I really I really don't think it's going to go very well. And the guy just dropped out of the stream, you know. As I like, I understand he's he's still working that character, but I I just I worry I worry that his career here is is done, you know, especially after these two blows to to. To, to his stats when it comes to the two Bateman matches, you know, two knockouts here. Like I just, it makes me wonder, will he ever want to face off against Bateman again? If he sticks around in his I don't know. I just, I really hope that all of this storyline pays off in some way. You know, we're getting, you know, he, he's doing all this uh, Schmominati stuff and he's acting fucking nutbags. And I just really hope that it some somewhere down the road pays off in some way. I don't know. But uh, so we're done with that match, and we're going to get into the main event, the final match of the week, and that is Chris Jericho versus Kevin Smith, the highly anticipated uh, celebrity match, more than just a celebrity match, really, because they are faction members. And holy shit, was this a damn good match. I, I, I loved it. Uh, I got to know, does Jericho actually own a platypus? And is it in his backyard? I need to know. These are questions that the fans need to know. And what are the 12 foods that start with the letter Q? I'm interested in finding out. I hope you are too. If you know, hit me up in the comments because I'd love to know. And uh, another thing I thought was pretty funny before we get into the actual match itself, Kevin Smith wearing a Chris Jericho t-shirt. Hilarious. It was great. So we get into round one, and you know someone in this league 
would have challenged uh, that that Jericho wrote the word hour instead of writing rush hour. Like he pulls the book over that says rush on it. And he holds up his piece of paper that just says hour. He didn't actually write rush hour. I'm just saying he didn't write it, <laughs> you, you know, and they thought it was hilarious. And so they, they're like, sure, okay, cool. Sure. But I could tell you what, there are a few people in this league who would have challenged the fuck out of that. Be like, uh, uh, motherfucker, you didn't write rush hour on that piece of fucking paper. You don't get it. Whether it would have been upheld or not. I don't know, but I guarantee you there's people who would have challenged that. And uh, so Jericho had a rough round. Yeah, he got that rush hour question, but he still had a rough round here. Uh, But as we've seen, as I keep saying, doesn't mean much anymore. Seven to four coming out of this. Uh, We've seen matches just like this. This is, I believe, exactly where uh, Mike Kalinowski was. Seven to four coming out of round one. Then we get into round two. This is where this is where things happen. So we get Kevin Smith uh, is on the wheel. You know, uh, I wasn't sure if that would happen. I really, I really thought that they wouldn't do that. Let's see. Uh, Christian says uh, how important and serious this match was for points and all that. Yes. Yeah. I just they they treated it like they treat most of their celebrity matches, as opposed to a normal actual match. And, uh, I don't, I mean, I understand they wanted to have some fun and maybe, and maybe not, maybe not scare off new potential viewers like, Oh, you know, Hey, this is fun or something. I I don't know. Things are so fucking different in other matches though. They're not, most matches do not nearly have the amount of fun energy that this match had. It's just the way, you know, that's just how it is. They just don't. But, uh, yeah. So, Kevin Smith on the wheel, which I was like, really? Okay. Matt and Ben on the wheel, which I was like, huh. Now, I, I need to know, did Kevin pick? Where Was he able to pick these categories? Because, obviously, Kevin Smith, Matt and Ben, those are, I think those are strengths that he would have. Also, comic book movies on the wheel. That's at least three solid strengths for Kev on the wheel. Thankfully, uh, I'll be honest, I'm glad he didn't get any of those. I'm glad that he, he, I'll be honest, I'm actually glad he spun opponent's choice. And they gave him Meg Ryan because it showed that he didn't, he didn't need those categories. You know, he didn't need to rely on those. Uh, you know, and, and as we see later on, maybe it, it was almost a detriment to him to have that on the wheel. Uh, but anyways, like I said, he, he spun opponent's choice. They they give him Meg Ryan, and he does pretty good here. He gets six out of eight. Uh, he does give up a two-point steal, though, going uh, – he, he just answers a question. Now, I, I'm wondering if he actually thought that was the answer, if he actually thought you've got mail was the answer to that question, or if he just forgot that he could have gone multiple choice. Because I'm wondering if he had gone multiple choice, would he have gotten sleepless in Seattle? Then there would have been no sudden death round. You know, it would have ended where you know right at the end of round three. You know, it, it would have been 
well, three points. I think he would have had three points more because uh, Jericho would have had two points less. He would have had one higher. So, yeah, it would have been a three-point difference there. So, I don't know. You know, if, you know, if wishes were fishes, the world would be an ocean and shit like that. Who the fuck knows what would have happened? You just, you, you, you never, you never know. And like I always say, every point matters. It really does. Uh, so Jericho spins, uh, he gets disaster films. Decides he doesn't want that. And then he lands on opponent's fucking choice, man. And they, I really think they should have just gave him disaster films. I don't know. I think they like talked themselves out of it. Kevin was so like, he, he, he was too in the mindset of having a category that he would be good at so that he could get steals instead of trying to find a category that Chris would be bad at. And so, cause he even says, he said that he could, he, he'd probably fare well in Kevin Smith. And he does, you know, he, he, you know, he gets Kevin Smith and he winds up get, getting all of the questions. He doesn't give up any steals. He gets seven out of eight points here. He only has to go to multiple choice once. And it's on that live free or die hard question where he answers it. Live free to die hard. Even though he, he claims Jericho says, I only said what, uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire said, and that's not true because Ellis said it correctly when he read the answers. You know, I heard it both like I heard it both times when I watched it uh, during the watch along. I made sure to listen for that uh, because because uh, of that specific line that he said. And then Coy said, you know, uh, I, maybe I should have challenged it, but you know, we didn't want to win that way. And I'll be honest with you, Roxy would have fucking jumped on that. If Kev had said, live free to die hard, I mean, he wouldn't have. But if he had, Roxy Stryer would have fucking jumped on that like a goddamn leopard taking down a gazelle. She would have been all fucking over that. And that could have cost them the match. You know, if, if, if Koi had challenged it and it had been upheld, he wouldn't have gotten the point for that whether they would have actually given Kevin the opportunity to steal it. Maybe I don't know how that would have worked. Cause I mean, they're essentially giving away the answer. Uh, but even if they just took the point away, uh, that the match would have been over at the end of round three, but that's that again, not the case there. Uh, so Jericho comes from that three point deficit, just like we saw, in the Mike and Perry match and pretty much like we saw in the Del Rio uh, chance match. I mean, that was a two point deficit, but still that the deficit player comes up and ties the game. That's three times this week that we've seen that. And that's fucking nuts. You know, again, it proves, you know, once is, you know, once is a coincidence Two, you know, once is a happening, two, twice is a coincidence, but three times that shit, that shit means something, you know, and it's tied now 13 to 13. So it's anybody's fucking game, but this is exactly what I wanted from this game. I wanted so desperately for this to be a great game, because if this had been the guy Bateman match and uh, Jericho had gotten fucking smoked, 
I would have been so fucking disappointed because I was disappointed in that guy Bateman match. I really was. I wanted it to be a fucking epic match, and it just wasn't. But this one has it has turned out to be uh, a damn good match so far. And we get into round three. And I'll be honest, I need a shirt that says Jericho's Totally Awesome. And speaking of shirts, I forgot to show this. I am I got my corruption shirt in the mail, and I am officially wearing it on this episode. It is a beautiful shirt. I fucking love it. Yes. Thank you, uh, Skybound and Attack Peter, because that's who's the designer of that one. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, Jay. Uh, great matches all week for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, my dude, my bracket, my brackets are always fucking busted, man. I'm always like, yes, I think I got a good bracket this year. First round every time. Doesn't fucking matter. I'm always, uh, I always get fucked in the first round of every of every tournament that I've ever filled out a bracket for. <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we get into round number three, and like I said, you know, this entire match has just been something special. It hasn't been the most highest scoring match, you know. But it's been fucking fun to watch. The energy that these two guys give off throughout the whole thing, man. I would watch the two of them play every fucking week. I would literally watch that all the time. Uh, but so in round three, not so great for them. <laughs> but the tension is there because they both hit their three-point questions and that's it. They both missed their twos. They missed their fives. So it remains tied, 16 to 16. Fucking Kevin over here missing his uh, his five-point question, Bruce fucking Willis. Bruce fucking Willis, man. Like, come on, man. And uh, as I said in the watch-along, Brian Ward needs to make a series of posters for uh, all the, you know, a bunch of different Bruce Willis movies. You, you know, Die Hard, uh, fucking do a do cop out. That would be pretty goddamn funny. All these uh, Bruce Willis movies, the the Sixth Sense, all, all these movies, and replace him with James Gandolfini in these posters. It would be hilarious, and I would love it. I would I would fucking save every one of those and just flip through them every once in a while because that would be great. Uh, if I was if I had enough talent to do that, I would do it myself. But I just I really don't. All right, so we get into sudden death, and this goes deep, man. We go four rounds into sudden death before Kevin Smith takes the win here on a comic book question about Batman Returns, nonetheless. Uh, but I love that how Kevin thought that he misheard the question because he was so sure Jericho would have gotten the question correct. He had there was no doubt in his mind that Jericho was gonna. Uh, that he was going to get it right. You know what I mean? He, he absolutely was thought he was going to get it right. And so he thought he got it wrong. Cause he was like, what was the question? And then Mark's like, what was your answer? What was the question? I'm going to play tennis with it. What was your answer? It was really funny. Go the, the back and forth there. But uh, yeah, Kevin got it. He got the penguin. He got it. Correct. And uh, he won getting two points here for the quirky Mercs winning a uh, 20 to 19. Damn good match, you know what I mean? I feel like it lived up to, to you know what we wanted it to be. 
I mean, it wasn't a blowout or anything like that on either side, but it was it was damn good. And uh, Kevin apparently wants Dan Merle. He, he uh, he's got some lofty goals here, wanting the champ already. But uh, I'll be honest, I just want to see him have some more matches. I don't care who who they're against for the most part. I'd like I said, I'd be down with him and Jericho again personally. Um, him and Brett Sheridan would be hilarious. I think it would just be a fun match. Christian on the uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown Facebook group, he put out a poll saying, uh, who would you rather see Kevin Smith, or who would you rather see the winner of the Smith-Jericho match, because he didn't want to give spoilers, uh, play next. And it was uh, uh, the Warfather or Brett Sheridan. I voted for Brett Sheridan. I said that the Warfather would probably be the better match, but that Sheridan would be the more entertaining match. And I, and I wholeheartedly still believe that because Brett is great. Even if Brett plays once a year, dude, make it that fucking match right there. Uh, the other match that I would love to see would be Kevin Smith versus Rachel Silvestrini in a Kevin Smith exhibition match. It would be fucking awesome. Awesome to see. And she's said before that she wants she wants to do it. So I really hope that Christian makes that happen. I think it would be fucking great. All right. So we are that that's it for the for the matches, guys. So we're gonna get into the current faction standings here. All right. So down at the bottom, still uh down at the bottom with nine points. We've got the usual suspects. Sam Levine's team just not able to uh, to pull it out here. They've been riding the bottom pretty much the whole time. It's unfortunately, uh, it's just I don't know what it's going to take, but uh, I hope that Sam can turn things around. Uh, maybe with Ethan, you know, we'll see. Then sitting at number eight, we got the Burning Droogs with twelve points. Uh, number seven, we got the Rock Stars with fifteen. Uh, at six, we've got the Dungeon with seventeen points. Then at five, the Den has uh, slowly worked their way da- back down the list uh, with twenty points. The Quirky Mercs rising up with twenty-two. Then a big gap of thirteen-point gap between number four, and number three. Number three being Swag with thirty-five. Uh, the number two, the Finstock Exchange, climbing just above. The Finstock, or uh, just above Swag, they also have 35, but you know they're not tied because the Finstock Exchange has one more win over Swag, and that is how they build these faction standings. So if Swag can, you know, get another win, Finstock, you know, lose out a little bit, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it all depends on that. So fucking close just because of that. And then taking that number one spot, Corruption. From last to first, Corruption is here with 38 points. I smell a documentary in the works about Corruption, man. Uh, the rise of Corruption. I, I Man, I love it. I think it's fan-fucking-tastic. And uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, you can either hop in, in the comments here, or uh, you can follow me on Twitter right down there, at MovieBlogMerk. Let me know your thoughts on all these matches, on these faction standings. Or you can hop on to anchor.fm slash movieblogmerk and leave me a voice message. I think that would be fantastic. I'll play it uh, right here on air, and it would be great. 
All right. So uh, next up is the schedule for this week's uh, matches. We've already had two happen. We had uh, Liz Shannon Miller versus Rachel Silvestrini uh, happened yesterday. And then Jeff Snyder versus Robert Montano uh, of Late to the Party fame happened earlier today. Then tomorrow we've got The Barbarian versus Whitney Seibold. And on Thursday, Mark Riley versus Video Drew. I got to say, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see Video Drew back in action. Uh, it's been a while. We've seen Tom. Now it's time to see Video Drew. All right. Uh, that's not all. There is more stuff. A new exhibition match has dropped on Patreon. If you're a $10 and up patron, you can check that out. Uh, if you are $5 and up, uh, I think you'll get it next week. And then, uh, the rest of the patrons the week after we've got the MCU, the Marvel cinematic universe championship exhibition match with Sean Gerber, Jay Washington, our boy, Winston Marshall and Eric zipper. That's right. I'm I'm so excited to watch this match. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance yet. Uh, been prepping a whole lot of other stuff, but I uh, I am so excited to check this one out. From what I understand, it is it, it's a good one. Yeah, damn damn good one. And uh, if you haven't yet checked it out, head on over to uh, the YouTube channel for Merck the Movie Blog and check out Watching Schmodown, my very first watch along video where I. Uh, did a reaction to the uh, current Schmodown Throwdown that just happened with uh, Guy Bateman and Kevin Smith, Chris Jericho. It was a good time. Uh, it's not something I'm going to do all the time. I know maybe just for like big matches, things like that. Like I see some of these people like, uh, like C-Dub, Chris Woodburn, man, that guy, he's dedicated. He fucking, re- he does reactions to like every fucking match, man. I just, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't do it, but that's, that's awesome, dude. Uh, I rock on you keep rocking, but uh, yeah, every once in a while, you know, some big matches come up. I might do it for the um, Dan Merle, Ben Bateman one. I think that might be a good one for the championship match. Uh, definitely. We'll probably do it for um, spectacular just because, you know, cause it's fucking spectacular. Why not? Right. But uh, yeah, so that uh, that wraps everything up for me. Uh, I am your host, Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with Movie Blog. Uh, this has been episode number 55 of Talking Schmodown. Please be sure to head over to Twitter uh, at Movie Blog Merc. Hit that like button, hit that follow button, you know, like some posts, do what you got to do. Hit me up there. I'm on Twitter all the fucking time. So you ever need to reach out, I'll be there. Also, uh, Facebook and YouTube uh, at Merck with a movie blog. And you can check out my website, MerckWithAMovieBlog.com. Uh, I'll be doing some reviews coming up. Uh, I'm going to be reviewing uh, Bill and Ted, the, the new Bill and Ted uh, movie, Bill and Ted Face the Music, I believe is what it's called, uh, as well as some other stuff uh, going on hopefully soon there. So once again, thank you for joining me uh, on this week's episode of Talking Schmodown and Hey, as I say every week, we have been talking Schmodown. Catch you next time, everybody.